Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, welcome back to Camarda Wealth Education Radio. And uh, continuing, we got a lot more of the very uh, useful and valuable information for you on annuities up. But we wanted to con- uh, finish the uh, discussion of the designations and uh, the financial planner, medical school analogy. Because there, there's, uh, um, I think there's a video out there uh, on the web where, you know, occasionally the CFP is kind of a certified financial planner uh, designation is, is kind of compared uh, to uh, to medical school or being a doctor, um, in a lot of ways, it is the defining because of the the millions of dollars the CFP board has spent promoting the designation. It probably is the most widely recognized. But the difference in training, you know, for the CFP. Now, Jonathan, I'll use you as an example. You're a CFP, CHFC, CLU. Um, uh, you're a certified fund specialist. You're board certified in mutual funds. You're a certified private. Uh, wealth advisor and advanced financial planning designation, and your CMT chartered market technician, and your uh, CFA level one candidate. Um, so I, I have a similar uh, uh, a series of designations, beginning with the CFP back in 1990. Now I think you'd agree that the CFP really is just the first cornerstone of the advanced knowledge, maybe the undergraduate equivalent, if you will, before going to medical school, or you know I like to maybe use like a nursing kind of analogy. We started with just the basic stuff because those study areas are estate planning, um, financial planning basics, uh, tax, um, uh, um, investments, and insurance. Those are the, the study domains. And I don't know about you, but when I first started the CFP studies, I got through, I got a, a good grade. Um, then I got through the estate planning stuff, for instance, but I didn't really understand estate planning, what trusts were doing or what charitable remainder trusts were. It was really all a mystery to me. I was able to pass the test. But in order to, to have the knowledge crystallized and be able to apply it, it, took years and years and years. Now I think I'm a pretty good estate planner, and I was in trust and asset protection and so forth. But that really didn't come spring from that first designation. That really came from advanced study. Rob, I know you're a, a fairly undesignated but quite sophisticated uh, financial estate and, and other uh, wealth planning area kind of guy. Tell me what, uh, what your take on that is. Well, I, I think the key is that you take – Additional education, how you get it may differ. I, I, after I got my master's degree, I told myself I wasn't going to put money in these other uh, bodies' pockets. I was going to do the studying on my own, and I actually find the materials that many of, that's available in these courses, and I've studied them religiously for 30-some-odd years. Like a fool. I mean, he sends that stuff constantly. I don't have time to read this, Rob. Oh, there's great paper. This law firm out in California mm-hmm. wrote on, you know, on the beaded trust. And it's like, Rob, well, my God, is what? So how I mean, do you absorb this all? So there, there are different ways of going about it. Would it you know, so designations would be beneficial to me, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, if I can't 
put into practice what I'm learning, it doesn't matter. And if I if and I got to be ethical and honest and really care and listen to the client, mm-hmm. so I know how to apply these things. The uh, you look and you look awfully tell you alluring there with your uh, with your headphones on and Fetching. the top band, you know, the resting on the last three hairs on above your. <laughs> Above your brown, but to kind of fetching wrap, no wrap, gel today. to wrap this no up, gel. you know, asking Sonia's question no earlier about Sonia's question about what uh, what should somebody look for in trying to to evaluate a financial advisor is this the right person for me because they all I guess we all look pretty much the same um, is how well trained are you and do you have any designations that's a good hallmark so but having the CFP or the CHFC or the PFS which are you know, fairly rough equivalents is not, you know, the be-all, end-all. It's just the beginning. But most folks don't even have that. They just have the sales license, which takes a couple of weekend study. You know, that's... Uh, right. um, well, that was my point. I yeah. agree with you. The, the work going into the CFP clearly is not medical school. Excuse me. But I think it is a good analogy from the standpoint is if you're an expert now in estate planning, which you are, a general MD is not an ex- expert on orthopedics. Orthopedics would be the analogy to estate planning. Yeah, but my, my point is, though, the difference is maybe a year's worth of study versus 10 years' worth of study. So it really, you know, in terms of the volume of information that's got to be mastered, you know, they're... they're, they're right. They're it's more of an apart. equivalent. A CFP is like a CPA or a law degree, really. I mean, that's probably what you're... As far as math Man, I'm not even sure I'd go that far. I mean, you got to... Law degree is a couple law school, of years. Law school is three years. And you've yeah. got to pass CFP, the bar. CFP takes most folks three years. Yeah. Yeah. The... Uh, um, in any event, I, I think that... Uh, and also, it's not academically based. You know, if you, you've got a... Law school is basically a master's degree, and LM is, is, is a more advanced degree... Um, and a CPA, you've got to have a master's degree. But a CFP, there's no academic requirements whatsoever. So you've got to have a college degree, but it can be a botany. Um, but the, the important thing is it's a the defining uh, 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 the hallmark. At least you know they have that, or a CHFC, because most don't. Last time I looked, something like less than 10% of investment advisors even had CFPs, uh, which uh, um, so that, that, getting back to your question, Sonia, I think that's you know a great way for folks to tell tell me about your advanced financial education. Have yeah, you done it on your own, like Rob? You have a CFP, and you gone on and got more advanced designations, or do you just have a sales license and are doing what your sales manager in the bank branch is telling you to do? And then, of course, there's a sea of meaningless designations out there, which we won't get into. So just because someone has a weekend degree, they can get letters, like a, you know, certain letters we won't mention here, in a hotel room for two weekends. So you've got to dig a little bit deeper. So my point is with the CFP, is they do, like you said, they market it themselves. So in our business, that's kind of like a staple, like a CPA in taxes, what people look for. Um, you know, well, it certainly is a, a lighthouse in the storm, if you will, of yeah. ambiguity. It certainly is better than just a sales license. I'll, I'll give you that. And, uh, uh, and a valuable credential in its, in its own right. The uh, um, uh, so Sonia, getting back to uh, the, does that did that answer your question or what else? I guess we talked about fiduciaries. We talked about having financial education as being important. Um, and I guess what would your areas of expertise be? You know, are you good estate planner? Are you focused on that? Are you an investments person? You know, the general, the, the CFP, CHFC, and PF. Those are more generalist designations where you get a little bit of everything. And then alluding, getting back to your uh, comment earlier, Jonathan. You know, that some choose to specialize, as you have, in advanced wealth and investments. Others are more tax folks uh, and so forth. But I think having that generalist uh, um, that perspective is really critical if you're going to be helping somebody with all of their financial matters, as opposed to just the specifics of buying a life insurance policy or preparing their taxes. And that pretty much cover that? 
It does. All right, so I really want, getting back on the annuity trail, I really wanted to hear about the story that uh, you were about to share that you talked about over the break about the client uh, that uh, um, inherited while she was married. And I you tell anyway, you tell the story. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to it. It's a pretty basic story. But basically, um, we started working about a year ago with um, a woman. She and her husband, both professionals, smart folks. Um, but the husband had bought hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars, um, in annuity contracts um, for their assets. Um, and so, you know, when we started working with her and we were really looking into the annuity contracts and we gave her a little bit of the analysis um, from the, the um, contracts that we were looking at, she was just kind of blown away and she said, you know, I mean, he just, he was definitely sold. This guy saw him coming. And it happens so many times, it really is based on, let's face it, you know, as human beings, we buy from people we like and trust. And you can't tell, you like and trust, you know, uh, the salesperson A, whether they have a CFP or advanced designations or academic stuff or just a sales license. You like and trust the person, you expect them to do what's right for you. But if they're not fiduciaries, they don't have to. And if they're not well-trained, they don't know how to. Um, and, uh, um, and often, you know, they may be likable and trustable, but not worthy of being liked or trust. And because they're looking to, as most people are, they're looking out for their self-interest. And without the constraint of being required to act in your interests, you're probably looking for a big payday. Is that what happened in this case, Sonia? Um, that is what happened. And, um, you know, that's really why I asked the question to begin with of, you know, me as a consumer, what should I be able to ask someone who's coming into my home to sell me something? Um, some sort of financial product because I think that happens so much. You know, sales guys come in; they're very gregarious. Or ladies, or like sales them, ladies. Yeah, the sales ladies, and um, and so it's easy to like them in many cases, and then you forget about the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. So unfortunately, we're not very likable, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> but that we is are, true. But we are <laughs> fiduciaries. I'm a Camarda as a registered investment advisor. We are required to put our clients' best interests before our own. We are fiduciaries. We'll give you that in writing. And we also think we're pretty uh, darn well-trained. Uh, um, uh, in fact, if you look at our letter, we have more letters, I like to say, than in the entire alphabet. And uh, um, uh, Meaningful letters. Meaningful letters. You know, so, and Sonia is very, uh, very uh, um, adept at reciting those. She loves to talk about my letters, but typically that's off the air. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll leave it at that. You can look them up if you want. But let's talk about annuities a little bit. So if somebody has an annuity... One of the first basic questions is, what sort of annuity is it? Is it a variable annuity? Is it a fixed annuity? Is it a hybrid equity index annuity? Uh, because, and these are, again, these, these annuities are life insurance contracts. They're enormously, enormously complicated and expensive. They're like Shrek the Ogre, layers and layers and layers of fees. And you really, to find out, you got to look sometimes a lot of places, right, Rob? you got to look at the contract, the specimen contract, the prospectus, the prospectus supplement, and still maybe you won't find it all. Yeah, and, and even if you do find it all, will you understand it? I mean, the, the, you know, understanding how index credit. What about you, Professor Shrek? Do you understand it? Waffles. Yeah, but I... <laughs> He's dick about waffles. Yeah. No, no, I understand it, but, hey, but, morning, I'll make it but, but, you know, the first time I looked at one of the, uh, there was a certain type of income rider, and I was shocked the first time I read a contract that said if I annuitize, if I create a, a, a pension income or a lifetime okay. income, and I'm age 75, that they're going to use, they're going to make me younger. They're going to use an, a younger age to determine the payout amount. So they're penalizing me. 
I would have assumed they would have used my actual. It's age. another way to shave. It's another way to shave it. So anyway, to, to you know, to, to to simplify that, basically, when you go to take the payout, they will make another adjustment to reduce the payout in in what appears to be an unfair way. Right. So it's a you know there was a lot of sizzle to sell you this. You know, your your ink. We're gonna. Oh, that brochure looked great. The couple on the beach. The sun was going down. They have all the money needed for the rest of the lot. Be able to leave a lot of money to the kids. But the reality, the complicated, these extremely complicated contracts. And just the, the equations in them and the formula for calculating benefits and payouts. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a chartered financial analyst, among other things, and, and i got to look at it two or three times to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you know, you imagine a poor senior well, that's if, just buying it based if, on a brochure. Well, and if you ever looked at a variable annuity contract and you had money in a fixed account and all of a sudden interest rates go up and you decide, I'm going to take money out to take advantage of it, you get hit with another penalty. And trying to calculate what they call a market value adjustment I mean, you've got to have a Ph.D. in math to understand well, that. Well, no, you, know, you don't have a Ph.D. in math to understand that. If the market goes down, the insurance company is not taking a hit, you are. So right. basically they're passing that risk on to you. Uh, what, what about expenses? Are there expenses that folks should look at in annuities? Well, particularly in variable, they're going to be a mortality and expense charge. You want to look at surrender charge. But the big thing is what are the rider costs if you have riders, and are they really valuable is it something that can change over time? These rider costs can change. Roll in, roll in, roll in. What kind of riders here, Rob? Riders of the well, storm. You could have a, a death benefit rider. You could. The big thing is income riders. The, the big thing is that I'm, you know, I'm going to get what's called a roll up. My the income account is going to grow every yeah. year, and I'm going. It may cost me one so, percent so, a year for so that. So basically, you know, when the, the agent is selling this stuff, oh, you want this, you want that. Oh, that's great. It's got all its benefits, and they're ticking off on the application, increasing their commission because mm-hmm. it goes up with you know the products that the, they're selling at the insurance company. Free lunches, but the costs go up amazingly high. Again, if I I've seen as high as five percent, and if you're in a, if you're in a in a, in a, 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 a and I knew it had only earned 6% last year, and it's 5%. There goes all the gain. Mm-hmm. But you feel good. Oh, you felt good. until you know, it, it, They feel good until somebody like us analyzes the contract for you and, and tells and, you and what you're It feels good doing. until you pull the needle out. And then the other thing that's been really big in, in the variable annuities is when you have these riders, they, they put restrictions on how your money can be invested. That's a great question. So, you know, they, uh, my, 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 uh, uh, my erstwhile pal, Ken Fisher, has a, a, a question. It says, what conditions... Must I meet to take advantage of the advertised benefits? So where are you going with that, Rob? Well, I think that's is, really critical. Well, we can look straight in the brochure, but how do you actually get the benefit? Well, you know, I, I want my money to go up, and I, I'm told I have all these investment options. But at the end of the day, if I take advantage of this rider for income or death benefit, it may limit you know, what you know, I can a, put the money in. The big one that I see is like you got to die. You want to take advantage of that benefit? <laughs> you have to die. That's kind of a high hurdle. Where's my bonus interest? It's when you die. Yeah, well, when do I get that step? When do I get that high water mark back? It's when you die. So uh, again, and, and, and also we don't have time to get into taxation. But typically, the, the taxes on annuities, and they are pitched as tax advantage investments, are some of the most highly taxed investments that are around. Just, just, just horrible. Unfortunately, we'll have to continue our annuity discussion uh, for a later time. However, if you'd like to get the lowdown on, uh, on some of these uh, pitfalls and things to avoid before they really bite you in the butt, um, call us for our free report, Hot Off the Press. The truth about annuities, pitfalls to avoid, learning uh, about where the fees are and, and things that you can do to protect yourself. Call us at 888-CAMARDA, uh, 
DA888Camarda, and we'll be happy to, uh, to get that out to you without cost or obligation. Uh, f- hang on, folks, the final segment with Cousin Arnold, Cousin Vito, and all the other Camarda cousins giving their market report is right around the corner. Stay with your Camarda Wealth Leaders right here on Wealth Education Radio. Camarda Wealth Leaders' levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share best financial practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision. But when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients' interests first, and that's a promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, Call us now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Do it now while it's on your mind, folks. Folks, you are back with the Camarda Wealth Education Leaders, and now it's time, the favorite time of the week for most, for our segment of market updates by none other than Cousin, you fill in the blank, Camarda. Cousin, it's who are you? What's going on here today? Yo, hey, it's me, Sly again. Uh, they're all up in Alaska on vacation. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you know, my knowledge in these areas is, uh, you know, wanting. So uh, just here kind of to narrate, Rob, Rob, you look like you have a question. Please help me out. I was going to say, you know, having just come off the Memorial Day weekend with lots of uh, people traveling, are you concerned with the recent weakness in the airlines? And what does that mean for the broader market? Absolutely uh, not, Rob. But uh, Arnold's uh, uncle, uh, Dieter Gerhard Müller, uh, certainly is. So uh, here he is, a guest from, uh, from Germany. Hello, Rob. Yes, absolutely. My concerns with the broader transports have been for a while now as they've increasingly shown some delineation from the industrial uptrend. What we've had here is transports certainly not following in the uptrend as industrials over the last few months, and this causes a little bit concern for the broader market. As I start to look at some of the transports, the names that you probably know well, United Airlines, Delta, Southwest, American, they've all been hit recently. They're talking about capacity issues, etc. But the fact of the matter is that the delineation between the S&P 500 right now and the Dow Jones and then the Dow Jones Transport Index certainly has me concerned. Well, okay, I um, guess he told you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all I have because I'm not very popular on this show, so I'm going to step back. And uh, to, for you, Sonia, we always save the best for you, they tell me. Uh, we have Ozzy here for you, awesome. just for you. I love Ozzy. Uh, Absolutely. And before I ask my question, I just want to encourage our listeners to tweet some questions in as well. We would love to hear what you oh, have to say. Oh, absolutely. I won't be here to answer them, so it's great. <laughs> and that would be at Camarda Wealth. Anyways. How do we tweet again? Tweet, 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 at Camarda Wealth. That's it. All right. Um, so what is the deal with the manic moves of the dollar and energy roller coaster? Uh, well, so, yeah, so just taking a step back, now, you know, looking at a macro picture, the dollar, which is obviously been on a major uptrend, hit a, hit a double top there in late March, cons- uh, consulting with commodities, triple bottom, and both reverse directions, you know, so the dollar is a slump a bit, you know, and commodities have had a bounce over. It appears uh, that they're reversing again, leaving us a bit of a continuous prior 
the poor trend of a stronger dollar there and weaker commodities. Uh, the ramifications, uh, you know, the reverse of the hot sectors overseas of Germany, Italy, and Japan certainly have slowed down here, but maybe it will pick up again with the strength of the dollar and the weakness uh, in the euro. We shall see as we yeah, move into, into the summer season there. So now, right. But what I will say that, you know, some of the strongest industries yet today have been your biotechs and your pharmaceuticals and uh, retailers and, and brokers, uh, while, of course, oils have uh, been the lowest performing your energy sector for the year, even with the uh, most recent upsurge. One, one of the great financial minds of the 20th century, folks, Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne, Jeff, I know you're a mine. big fan of mine. I and Ozzy, I've, I've got a question for you, okay, oh, if you me. don't mind. Oh, come please, Ozzy. Stay with us just no, a bit. Don't depart just yet, oh, I don't, can't take anymore. My brain's Jeff, hurting. oh, that's my name, Jeff. Are you still seeing the same trends with small versus large caps and international strength, though, Ozzy, the uh, Oracle? Uh, well, you, you know, it's funny you ask that because I was just talking to Sharon about it this morning. Yeah, it's just like, I was uh, I was just like, it's a showering, you know, as you take a closer look at the performance of U.S. equities and, you know, your large caps, like the S&P 500, yeah, and the mid-cap, uh, dear to a little higher, thank you, and, and the small cap, uh, S&P 600. You'll notice uh, small caps have kind of pulled back a little from their torrid pace they had from October, and, you know, they've uh, certainly come back to the pack where they've kind of come even with large caps year to day, but I will note that mid caps have certainly kept their pace up really nicely and outperforming uh, both. And, um, you know, uh, I can't really take any more, Jeff, so I'm going to hand it off. That's the right person <laughs> I'm going to be with you. I'm good. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you in the virtual studio, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy of Black Sabbath and beyond. Don't bother any bats around here if you don't mind, you filthy old bloke, you <laughs> All right, so horizontal. Is that uh, Jonathan and... No, uh, no, no. I had the, uh, we had a few other hoping, things. I yes. was hoping the flea circus would continue. Absolutely. <laughs> we have our buddy here, Gilbert Gottfried, to finish up. He was waiting for you. So uh, most, our most annoying guest. We'll make it quick. Would you like me to ask my question again? No, that's okay. <laughs> Jeff, yeah, I'm going to finish up right now with the, uh, with the, uh, the confluence of the, uh, the dollar and the, uh, the euro and the European, the EF index, or whatever the heck they call it. But the fact of the matter is, now, as I look right now, the dollar's obviously had some weakness. Sounds like he's on the toilet, doesn't it? Da, 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 <laughs> I'm constantly constipated. That's why my eyes always look like that shut. But the euro has had a little bit of a surge holding back European companies. But it seems like we're headed for a reversal. I don't know. The dollar's probably going to go up from here. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much. And that's a particularly focused and organized ending to yet another edition. You suffer through. Come on. Wealth Education Radio, folks, we are here for you, and we will see you, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course, next week on OKB or WWBA uh, out of Tampa Bay. We'll see you next. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda's Wealth Education Radio, your one source for sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind, and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leaders' warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet. An offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit.
The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not reflect the opinions of the advertisers or broadcaster. Performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which could reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Backtesting involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Performance results presented do not represent actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Backtested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material market or economic conditions or factors that may influence the advisor's decision making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Backtested results should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client of the advisor. Barron's rankings are survey based and not made as a result of primary research by Barron's, but from information provided by ranked advisors. It should not be assumed that all advisor based data is checked by Barron's.